Another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm so pumped to have Carla join the pod. I was on a panel recently with Carla and I was so taken aback by her journey. I mean, I guess we all have a unique journey. Hers just really struck my heart that we, as female identifying humans, really can be whatever we want to be. I was inspired by her relationship in working in a rather male dominant field and how she has spent and dedicated really most of her working career to one organization. I think it's a beautiful thing and it's something that I'm always in awe of to meet people where they're at and to ask just a few more questions and get curious about how they got there. If that's the purpose of this podcast, I enjoy recording every single episode. I really hope you enjoy this one and check out in the notes below where you can find Carla on her own pod. Hey Carla, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. I feel like we're really springing this on each other, and I am so grateful that you're up for the spontaneity of hitting record. Before I dive in, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? For sure. My name is Carla Grimmin, and I am the Fleet Supervisor for the Vancouver Board of Parks and Recreation. I'm actually a licensed automotive mechanic by trade. I Oh my goodness, started at the city of Vancouver in the engineering department during my third year automotive apprenticeship. And I loved working on tools. I then had a great opportunity to step into the acting working trades for person role um, and started also doing, you know, acting superintendent and wore quite a few different hats at the city of Vancouver throughout my career here. And at one point in time, I had an opportunity to be the automotive mechanic at a yard called Evans Yard, which fell under the Vancouver Park Board umbrella. And when I was there, the fleet supervisor at the time mentioned to me, you know, I'm getting older, I'm going to retire at some point in time, you're a really great fit here. And I think you should consider becoming the fleet supervisor at some point in time during your career journey. And I knew at that time that I really did enjoy the people and the culture at the park board. So I always had it in the back of my mind and thankful to say here I am today. Gosh, can you give us context? Like how long ago were you in your apprenticeship and how long ago did your sweet older friend mention that one day this could be you? Okay. So going to date myself here. I was in my third year apprenticeship believe it was back in 1999 and it was about okay let me think brushing off cobwebs here in 2007 I believe or 2008 I was the mechanic for about 10 months at the park board it has been a long journey um yes (laughs) yeah things that you desire and and goals don't happen overnight. That's for sure. So I think that, you know, I'm just, I'm really glad that I stuck with it and that I had a lot of amazing other opportunities here at the city of Vancouver that sort of helped me build my resume and helped me build experience in order Mm -hmm. to obtain this goal. 
quick backstory is that we were recently on a panel together and on the panel, we were asked to introduce ourselves. And when you introduced yourself, my jaw just fell because I thought these are not things that you can easily find out about you online. And I was like, wait a minute, this was not on your LinkedIn profile. And that was exactly why I wanted to have you on the pod, because these are the stories. And I have a very passionate opinion on our need for instant gratification right now. I think it's been exacerbated during the pandemic. We want everything now. We want it delivered to our door. We don't really want to work for it. Like working for it feels like why there's an app for that. There's someone else that can do it. And so I knew you were cool before we hit record. And now I'm like, right. So you've (laughs) been working for the city of Vancouver for 23 years and you have been I want to guess perhaps one of the only females that has been in this space for that time. Yeah, I think so as fleet supervisor for the park board, the first female fleet supervisor. Yes. And at the time when I was a mechanic in engineering, I was the only female mechanic, but I knew that there had been previous heavy duty female mechanics there. I don't know how long they had worked there for. And just going back to my LinkedIn, I'm horrible at link. I have to tell you that. That's probably why you don't, <laughs> you don't need to be. <laughs> it's, it's just the beautiful realization of how easy it is to come to, dare we say, judgment, or we make up our own stories about people without understanding everything that it took to change that one title in LinkedIn, for example. And now for context, not everyone may understand what a fleet supervisor is. Can you help us understand being the fleet supervisor for the city of Vancouver encompasses what? Okay. So specifically at the park board, I help to procure and maintain all of the equipment that the park board uses. And we have a really diverse fleet, actually, you know, you think of everything from the small handheld tools that the employees use, like line trimmers, hedge trimmers, push lawnmowers, all the way up to ride-on lawnmowers that are like 16 feet wide, or the toe-paw-hind lawnmowers that we tow with our larger tractors, and then our, our other sort of regular rolling fleet, like our trucks, our urban forestry boom trucks, you know, making sure that it is procured properly that they maintain it properly, that the employees use it properly as well. And I have to say, I don't do this all on my own. I connect with a lot of other departments in the organization to make this happen. It's a big turning wheel (laughs) and I definitely cannot do it on my own. So it's just huge. It's a whole new world that we don't see female leadership in to be honest, or I'll just say, I haven't seen female leadership in, and it's so incredible to see you at the helm. And when we were on this panel, see you on the helm of something you're so passionate about, because clearly you're like, I love this. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to spend my time. And I think that's so incredible. I want to go a little bit deeper there because it is something that a lot of people are questioning right now. And that is, what if I don't love my job? How do I discover what I'm passionate about? How do I know when the right time to leave or the right time to try to get promoted is? And I say that because it's been a journey for you and you have really stuck through the times of change to be there as long as you have. So 
let's start at the beginning of nurturing your passion. And I want to know from the lens of the city of Vancouver and also just in your big, bold, beautiful life, how do you personally nurture the flame inside that says, this is how I want to spend my days? So it actually goes way, way back. Started off in high school, actually. I don't know. I wasn't very strong academically. I know that. And I don't know. I think I was into sewing or cooking back then. And I thought, let's just do something different. And actually, in truth, I was dating a guy in high school. Okay. There, mm-hmm. there's another truth there. Yeah. And he was really into shop, was into mechanics. So I signed up for automotive. And it turns out I was really good at it. And it was fun to work with my hands. I was a tactile person, Mm. you know, maybe starts off with trying something new, experimenting, doing something different, having the courage to go out of your comfort zone. Mm. Because there's a lot of other great things out there that you might not be aware of. Yeah. And so after I graduated, I thought, okay, I'll go to back then dating myself now um it was capilano college back then Mm -hmm. not capilano university because i thought okay well that's the thing that you do after high school to please your parents Mm -hmm. and i was just taking random courses and i think i was there for two years and i was like where am i going and Mm -hmm. what am i going to do i have no goals but i'm just here doing and what i think is the right thing to do Hmm. And I thought, okay, what did I enjoy in high school? And the one thing that I really enjoyed in high school was automotive class. Hmm. And so I signed up for the pre-apprenticeship automotive class at BCIT. Hmm. And I was quite nervous. I didn't tell my parents because I didn't know what they would think. And September was coming, so the end of summer. And I remember my dad came into my room and he said, so what are your plans? What are you doing? If you don't go to school, you know, and you keep working, we're going to charge you rent to live here, (laughs) as I think most parents do, just to encourage their kids to get their life going. And I told him, I said, well, actually, I've signed up for a course at BCIT, the apprenticeship program at BCIT. And he's like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of cool. And I I guess that's great. He's like, okay, (laughs) let us know how it goes. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So stuck with it. (laughs) You stuck with it. So I love these stories and I love the origin story. And how has that continued to show up in your life? So how do you continue to spark passion? And I love that you're riffing on goals and we're going to get to the world of goals. The argument or like the other side of the coin could be like, you've been there for so long. Are you bored? Or what else in your world is sparking that joy? And I know you're not bored and I know you've done so many interesting things. And I'm just curious of what you might be willing to share that has continued to light that fire for you. I think that if I had stayed in the automotive world and kept working on vehicles, I don't know if I would be bored still just because they have changed. Technology has changed. The way we diagnose things has changed. Equipment is evolving. But what sparked me was people that surrounded me. And they were the ones that saw something else in me, which Mm -hmm. I find is very interesting. And I think that has 
maybe a bit to do with confidence. Cause I think mm. back then, and it was, oh my goodness, it was in 2004, my working trades for person pulled me aside. And I think you've heard this story. I, I talked about it at the panel that we were both in, but he pulled me aside and said, you know, there's a great opportunity here to go work at the United way of lower mainland for four months. And, you know, that was very outside of my scope of my everyday work life. And I remember asking, like, why would I do this? What do you see in me? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I just, I see you going somewhere else. I see this as an opportunity for you. I think you should put your name in the hat and let's just see what happens. And so I did that. And that led to this amazing opportunity to go work somewhere else for four months. Actually, I think I went for five months and did a host of other things like public speaking. I had to use a computer, what? <laughs> things that I definitely was not used to. And that was the start of a bit of a journey for me realizing, hey, I do have other skills and abilities. And how do I make this go further? There's mm-hmm. something else in me that is untapped that I need to explore and think about. And I remember took probably three or four months for me to then approach my superintendent and say, Hey, you know, I had this amazing opportunity on this four months to comment working for United way. And I think I have other skills and abilities and I'd like to look into exploring leadership here at the city of Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Are you able to help me with that? What are some next steps that you can recommend? Mm -hmm. And that's when it started. Yeah. Amazing. So that's 18 years ago, which is yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. And I know you had mentioned people are expecting things instantaneously. Yeah. And I remember about a year after that experience, the United Way reached out to some of us who had been seconded and said, do you think you could come in and talk to our new group of sort of campaign representatives about your experience. And so I went and there was a panel, I think about five of us. And I remember talking to them saying, this is what this experience did for me. And now I am on this exploratory leadership path and I'm aware it's not gonna happen instantaneously that this might actually take 10 years, but at least I have a plan and at least it's realistic. Mm. So I think that for people that are listening, you know, who want something instantaneously, Mm -hmm. I think my advice to them would be, okay, is this goal and plan that you have, look at that timeline and is it realistic? What Mm -hmm. do you need to do and what strategies are you going to implement to get to where you want or get what you want? Is that a realistic timeline? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, just before we hit record, you mentioned that you have a teenage daughter Mm -hmm. and I can't help but ask, how does this show up for you in your home? You know, without disclosing anything personally, just do you notice anything different with this younger generation? So personally from, yeah, (laughs) with my daughter, yeah, definitely. There is that cell phone, there are apps Mm -hmm. and you know, they can all download things instantaneously, or they have information on hand. And it might not be accurate information. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you, I don't think TikTok is the best resource of information, (laughs) not for everything. (laughs) Yeah. And it's difficult 
Sometimes it's full of chaos. Right. And I have to bite off a lot of patience with Mm -hmm. it. I think a lot of parents feel that they have to bite off a lot of patience with it. Mm -hmm. But when it does land with her, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Reflecting back with her, it's a hard journey and constantly reminding her to be patient with herself and building confidence in her. I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is Mm -hmm. making sure she stays confident in herself when she doesn't receive something instantaneously. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I think your confidence journey has been bolstered by people who have, you know, had your back and who have been with you along the way. Outside of the people who have had your back and been with you along the way, what do you think has contributed most to your ability to stay present with yourself? So not rushing your future and also to build the confidence that you have to build the confidence that I have, because let me tell you, I've had an amazing support group Mm. and super thankful that I've had them because there have definitely been a lot of rest spots. There have been a lot of tears on my journey, Mm. a lot of barriers in my journey to get Mm -hmm. to where I am today. Mm -hmm. But each time there has been a barrier, there has been someone else to bolster and lift me up. But outside of that, I think when there has been a rough spot and there hasn't been someone there to support me is remembering all those positive times when someone has, Mm -hmm. I I don't recommend someone do it on their own. Um, That's for sure. Yeah. And making sure you have things to go to outside of work. Um, Mm. Like if your goals within work, you know, there's barriers or that goals within within work um, that you're focusing on, making sure you have a lot of, for me, it was outside activities that Mm. bring me fulfillment and and gratitude and things like that for me can be simple things like just reading, reading a really good book Mm. or, you know, trail running or playing soccer, that type of thing. Yeah. Amazing. I couldn't agree more. And I think as obsessed as I really am about work and about both my job and my company and other people finding work they love is really the reason I wake up in the morning. I think it's so important that we nurture all aspects of our lives. And, you know, I think that when we trail run, we become a better person or maybe a different person. And I always like to think we meet a different version of ourselves when we're out on a trail and Mm -hmm. that different version of ourselves, we can't always meet behind a zoom screen. And so it brings that new person to the zoom screen. And that's pretty cool. I couldn't agree with you more. I have to say like, and it's not just being with the trees and out with nature and whether you're trying not to trail run by yourself, (laughs) but having that other group supporting you and pushing you over all of those hill climbs and and logs and boulders and just teaching you a different way to navigate around those obstacles. If, yeah. if I can parallel something, you know, yeah. it's navigating around those different obstacles. So. Well said. I love that. Well, our time has come and I really, really appreciate your perspective on life, on career, on confidence, on tears and on sticking with it. And it's because of people like you that there'll be other people in this next generation that look and say, I can do it because Carlo's doing it. And I think that's pretty neat. I'm so thankful that you asked me to be on your podcast so that we can continue to like spread the word and bolster confidence 
to other people out in the workforce and the workplace yeah. and in life in general to keep reaching for those goals and to work hard at it yeah and to stick with it it takes time find a strategy and find plan a and find plan b because <laughs> it's yeah. going to happen yeah and, you know lean upon others and lean yeah. upon other strengths and courage within yourself to, to obtain mm-hmm. those goals thank you so much Steph oh thank you have a beautiful day you too